0: we are of course in the height of summer and so naturally fuel prices are up standard operating procedure every year usually launched by the long weekends but there are prices in edmonton right now for regular gasoline that are approaching a dollar 40 a liter i mean those are bc prices what on earth is going on why so high any relief in sight could it go even higher? To talk all things gas prices, we're joined by Dan McTeague, who's the president of the Canadians for Affordable Energy. Good to have you here, Dan. How are you? I'm doing fine. But in the
1: 31 years we've been doing these predictions, I've never seen anything quite like this.
0: Really? Yeah, it, it does feel like this. Uh, you know, we've seen higher prices, usually for a really short sort of term, at least in Alberta anyway. But this seems different. It's like sticker shock.
1: Well, yeah, it is sticker shock, and it uh, it doesn't really follow through on the numbers. If I have a wholesale price of 82 cents a liter, that's usually uh, you know uh, price that anybody can pretty much get if they have a gas station and buy what from what they call the rack, or basically a wholesale price offered at the refineries. Mm-hmm. I add my you know my 10 cent excise tax, my 13 cent provincial tax. Uh, and then, of course, the uh, the uh, carbon tax of 8.84, and multiply all that by 0.5%, which is GST. Uh, you know, I'm coming to uh, a number that's a lot closer to a dollar ten to a dollar fifteen, not uh, you know a dollar thirty nine point nine. So, the difference uh, is not just a massive retail margin which uh, gas stations are uh, chalking up. There's got to be an explanation from some of the uh, terminals and refiners as to uh, why the price is so high. And is there an, an explanation, or are they
0: keeping, uh, keep playing those cards close to the chest?
1: Yeah, they keep it very close to their chest. My old jobs uh, in the past, you know, if it get access to refinery outages or terminal, dis- you know, uh, disruptions. Um, That's where, of course, gasoline is picked up. There's a number of ways in which you could get that information. But Canadian uh, refiners tend to keep things extraordinarily quiet. Uh, What I do know from my contacts is that there has been a problem with the terminal in Calgary, uh, affecting not only gasoline, but most importantly, diesel. Um, And I suspect that it is going back to, and again, I I don't have hard evidence for this, I think it's up to Imperial Oil SO uh in town here to uh to tell us what's going on because it's uh, it's really coming from them from what I gather and uh it may very well be a situation where uh, the shortage in supply is causing these, uh, these spikes at some stations, not all of them, of course.
0: And yet, I don't want to get all cynical here, but sometimes I, I, I feel like uh, those things are pointed to, oh, we're having a problem with one refinery, so we're going to crank up prices all across the
1: country. That just seems yeah. like a bit of a load of you-know-what. Yeah, yeah. And look, it won't affect the country, and it's really going to affect only everything from the B.C. interior all the way out to Thunder Bay, Ontario. That's the market that is determined by the Chicago spot market. Um, the uh, the fact is that that market has gone up a bit, um, probably enough to justify a ten cent uh, increase in the past month and a half or so. And you know, bearing in mind that oil was pushing up to seventy seven dollars a barrel last week before uh, traders got uh, ridiculously nervous and thought the world was coming to an end. And now we're seeing oil drop back towards its what they call a resistance level at uh, WTI of about $71, dollars 71 dollars a barrel. What it really means is that these prices cannot be sustained much longer. And then short of uh, an, you know, not getting an explanation from whatever refiner supplier is having a problem, uh, I think we're going to see a pretty big correction downwards, back to the you know the low 130s uh, in the not too distant future. And even the low
0: 130s, though. I mean, that's still a high price for oil because, uh, not oil, but for gasoline. But oil, yeah. oil has been up a lot higher than seventy dollars a barrel. If we didn't have these numbers, and I know there's extra taxes and stuff like that, but not to that level.
1: Well, there's a direct tax, which we all know about, uh, the, the carbon tax. But uh, that aside, there's another attack on fossil fuels. I'm going to be blunt about this because I'm in, I'm in Toronto, by the way, so no one can say I'm a Western Canadian. And I can tell you, uh, there all years ago when we did interviews, uh, I was on the dartboard of every major oil company in this country. And when I took them on on competition issues. What is happening is a strangulation of financing to do new oil projects, not just in Canada, which we're very familiar with, but in the United States now. And as a result, the United States, which is really the world's benchmark for oil and all commodities, is seeing eight weeks in a row of a significant and, and rather damaging drop in the amount of inventory they have. They're 8% below the five-year average. And the hub where all of the uh, oil is distributed, we call it WTI, West Texas Intermediate, out of Cushing, Oklahoma, is maybe only a couple of weeks away from not being able to logistically uh, distribute any more oil. That's how low the inventories have become. And the United States is injecting... Uh, Uh, oil, about about a million and a half barrels a week from its uh, SPR, the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. I've never seen this. This has been data that goes back 40, 45 years, and we've never seen a draw of this nature. So we're in a bit of an energy crunch, and whether people like it or not, um, it's not the direct tax, which I think is hurting. It is the indirect attack on the fossil fuel industry that is going to wreak absolute havoc uh, for not just uh, us here in Alberta, but right across North America as this continues any longer. So you're saying that environmental activists are winning this war? Well, it's not just environmentalists. It's their friends now uh, in uh, ESGs, uh, the folks that are involved with uh, banks, uh, uh, you know, uh, led by, you know, the the Mark Kearneys of this world who are saying, hey, get out of uh, investing in fossil fuels. The problem is that the world, needs more not less and the resurgence in demand is creating a significant supply gap and I don't think OPEC or Russia have it in their in their minds to come to our rescue the United States and Canada are quickly going back to the old days of energy dependence uh, I'm from eastern Canada you know 20% of my oil is now coming in from foreign sources that may increase over time we're seeing refineries close here on the east coast uh, the come by chance refinery which I helped save back in the 1990s uh, by removing the restrictive covenant uh, that is now shut and mothballed. Increasingly, when we need more supply, we're getting it from other sources, and those other sources are saying, hey, uh, you want it, you can have it, but uh, like Vancouver saw over the past month, you're going to pay a premium for your boutique prices, for your boutique gasoline. Uh, do you think your message is being heard, or are you being pointed to as, a, as the wild man waving in the distance? <laughs> well, for many years I was the federal Liberal Party's consumer guy, so... <laughs> can dismiss me, but you won't be dismissing people who can't make ends meet, who see that their electrical bills, their natural gas bills, uh, their oil and gasoline bills are going through the roof, and uh, they don't have the jobs to back them up. They don't have the investment. Short of the federal government uh, and other governments coming in and subsidizing and propping up and inflating this economy, that can only go on so long. Sooner or later, uh, the robber has to meet the road, and uh, we're going to realize that without a strong, viable uh, energy sector, uh, this country won't be able to pay down, much less honour its obligations, not just to consumers and to to creating jobs, but to also uh, honour the massive debts that we've incurred. We're in a very, very unusual period in which there has been really only one focus on climate and on pandemic. We're not looking at the fundamentals, and those fundamentals, I think, are going to lead us to a, a place we don't want to be. Unfortunately, that may happen just after the federal election, which is... Cynically why my old party is likely to call an election very quickly, Uh, get the old election over with, get the majority, it looks that way, Uh, and then uh, be able to weather this uh, bad economic storm that's about to hit every Canadian. Does this become a national election
0: issue because certainly in Alberta this will continue to be a topic of conversation and there are a lot of things that you have just said that I'm sure the Kenny government would, would tend to agree with with the uh, you know the, the, the attack on uh, on on oil and gas but uh, does it become really a national issue because there isn't is there enough of an appetite elsewhere?
1: well Europeans are seeing that today uh, the European Commission came up with its idea that they would uh you know increase the decrease uh, they would <laughs> decrease or attempt to try to decrease uh, carbon emissions 55% from 2005 levels uh, by 2030 already seven countries have lined up and said no Hungary is now saying that they will veto the the, the move I think what's happening here in Canada is really a reflection of, you know, this is no longer a Western Canada issue. Uh, I do a lot of interviews in Newfoundland now um, uh, where, of course, there, there's grave concern over a dollar fifty-five a litre, where there's grave concern written by the four provincial governments that the Trudeau government's not only existing carbon tax but clean fuel standard is going to cripple and hobble their economies, not, not to mention the damage it's going to do to Canadians. I think what's happening here is that energy... Uh, and I think you look at some of the polling, early polling that's coming out. The pandemic is not the issue going into this election. Economic recovery is, mm-hmm. and it's likely that we are going to uh, uh, that we are going to uh, uh, trip on uh, on the jump out on the economy. That we're not going to be able to get uh, back into you know into full uh, the full swing of things because it's just simply too costly for Canadians to make ends meet. So, pocketbook issues and energy poverty. I think he's going to be paramount. Look, you and I are having a discussion about record prices in Alberta. We, I've done tons of interviews on record prices in BC and on the East Coast. Yep. Uh, if we're talking about a time, and you know what, the, the response, and I thank you for the interview, but the – In the past, media would have been all over this. Now there's silence, and I think the silence is incongruent with what the public is facing out there, the harsh reality and pain that people are feeling, Uh, and it's going to have an effect on people's ability to purchase and to uh, to maintain their standard of living. So all all said, oh yeah, (laughs) make no mistake, I've been down this before, run six, seven of my own campaigns, ran them for many Liberal MPs and ministers in the past. Uh, affordability is going to be right and center and if anybody's pushing a woke agenda be very careful Uh, the public may take you by the scruff of the neck and throw you over to the next election Uh, really quick uh, high prices is there a potential for
0: fuel shortages because that tends actually beyond the prices that tends to get if you just can't get fuel then that really ramps up the public reaction
1: yeah I think you'll be safe in western Canada Um, you know Alberta Saskatchewan Manitoba I think Ontario is in, in, in a very vulnerable position, not just because of uh, decline in supply of oil, but also, of course, we have these ongoing threats, Line 3 and Line 5, in Enbridge in particular. That is still very much before the, uh, uh, before, uh, the courts and before uh, negotiations. Um, all these things, of course, can be kicked down the road, but should a decision be made tomorrow? Uh, by a court that upholds Michigan's right to block Line Mm 5. Say goodnight to Ontario, Quebec's economy. Say goodnight to aviation fuel, diesel fuel, gasoline. You can't truck this stuff from Alberta all the way into Toronto. It's impossible. Um, So I I think there's a lot here. We're whistling past our own collective economic graves, and we had better smarten up really quickly and come up with an alternative. Of course, I would say, uh, uh, being pragmatic, that alternative would be to restore the Trans Canada Energy deal, the Energy East, at least to Ontario. That pipeline already exists. But you have a lot of people uh, too busy trying to deal with the fantasy of net zero, which, of course, uh, a fantasy that the Europeans are now starting to push back on. Dan McTig, uh you should talk gas prices
0: a lot, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe too much. I'm the voice of doom, don't you know? <laughs> well, you know, have a role, play your role, but uh, well, we'll see if More
1: it's- than that. See
0: if people are listening. It's going to be an
1: interesting well, we'll election see. campaign. Would, I, believe me, I'm getting a lot more people listening these days. It's uh, there, there's a lot more. It's not it's not 60 cents a liter anymore. At a dollar 40, a uh, lot more attention. But thanks for this, you bet. Oh, you bet. Thanks, uh, Dan McTague. Nice talking to you again.